Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We're awfully glad that you took some time out of your day to sit back and relax with us, and we hope that you leave with uh, some new insight and some new perspective on you, how you feel about the word we talk about today. My name is Stacy Johnston. Honored to be here with you. Equally as honored, as always, to sit along my side, my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cassie, how are you today? I am doing great. Trying to reconstruct my life after... Christmas and three small kids. I said it looks like a jail cell toss in my house. <laughs> it'll get better. <laughs> it will all repair. I'm so glad. So, Kathy, tell me, we talked over and over. We spent a lot of the last year of 2022 talking about these words and, and engaging in conversations all around the world, right, and how intriguing it was. What do you hope for in 2023 as we take this one-word quest onward? I hope that the words that we discuss and the people that we bring on spread the message to the people that need to hear it the most. I think, Mm. I firmly believe you hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. And I think that with our worldwide reach, my hope is that we help that many more people. Amen. That's a beautiful thing to hope. You know, I think I hope that it opens the door to conversation again for people. I I hope it it opens the door and gives people insight and courage and some stand-up to have those conversations and talk to people and revamp our communication skills. It seems like there's just so much discontent with in the world and everybody's been so afraid to breach this conversation or say these. And I hope that opens the door to some more insightful conversations so we can learn about each other and about this world. I mean, like you've said a hundred times, we're just walking each other home, right? So I hope it opens the door to that communication and brings that back. So how about we get started for the day? We have a wonderful returning guest with us. She's joining us from Australia. Uh, it is tomorrow for her, and so we're awfully glad that she's joining us today. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we reintroduce Mrs. Suzanne Kohlberg, how are you today? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So let me ask you kind of the same question. You, you were gracious enough to do our Uncaped Heroes podcast with us some, a while ago, and then we invited you to come back in this one. What intrigued you about this one-word conversation? I think there is such a power in words, like words are magic that we often overlook because we can be so fixated that our definition is the only definition and not in a um, not in a power play way or anything like that, but just isn't this obvious? Like, and I don't know about you guys, but especially with, with my, my children, I think this has been one of the biggest lessons from them when I've said, okay, let's do this. And then I've come back five minutes later and be like, what on earth has happened here? <laughs> And they're nodding and smiling and looking at me in excitement. And I'm like, we had a totally different definition of, <laughs> of what I thought was going to happen here. So spending time with people to discuss, to unpack, to have a look at what we mean by what we say when we say something. Because inadvertently we can offend, annoy, anger somebody um, and be like, what on earth? And then we never actually discuss the, the, the roots of where this has come about. So unpacking words. And what I call them, like, word allergies sometimes. Like, this is something I say with my husband. Like, I've got a total word allergy to that. Can we use this instead? Um, <laughs> just be, and, and same for him. 
because it's just sometimes such a simple switch can, can shift the dynamic of our household incredibly. I really love the term word allergy. <laughs> that's really that's a great way to say I'd really like to not talk about it like that. <laughs> I love that. All right, well, let's get this conversation going. Today we're going to talk about the word patient. So when you, when, you, when you own the word patience and you hear that, what is your definition, Suzanne, of the word patience? It's, it's an interesting one. Patience, the, my very first thought is like a flashback to being a child when I want something. Like, can, are we there yet? Just be patient. Like, it's a, it's a negative one. <laughs> so okay. I, I tend to think more as an adult. Um, like, I, I liken it to more like trust. Like, if I'm patient, there's a level of trust that the thing will happen. It's just not going to happen instantly. Like, if I decide, hey, um, we want to buy our own house, it's something that's on the cards, I'm patient that we will buy our own house, not necessarily tomorrow, but, you know, it's going to happen. Whereas if I think about patience just in general, I, I think of a small child going, are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> I understand both of those definitions in a deep way. Kathy, how about you? When you hear the word patience, what's your thought? It's been a joke for quite some time that you have to be very careful and very specific what you pray for, right? Because I prayed for patience and I got pregnant. <laughs> so you have to be very specific. But patience is Patience is something I have to work at because I am naturally instant gratification rooted. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I have to work at, but it has come to my attention that having, you know, having children, my instant gratification rootedness lessons that I have learned along the way were really so that I could understand my child eye to eye. Mm. Well, that's good insight. Because she's on the spectrum and she doesn't, patience is not her thing. Mm. Funny how we turn around someday and realize why we learned what we learned. Mm. Mm. Amazing how that goes together. So I think when I think of the word patience, I think of grace. Right? I, sometimes you just have to, it, when you want to be impatient, when you want to lose it, when you want to go not now, sometimes it just, you just need to issue a little bit of grace for your timing not being together, for it not working out the way it's supposed to, for it not fitting into your plan, right? Because one thing I've learned in life is that my plan and my perspective, that's mine. And my need or to project that on someone else and expect them to own up to my expectations and my vision is not fair. That's not fair to someone else. They're never going to see that me. That's for me to own. And so patience for me is great sometimes for myself, sometimes for that thing that I'm waiting on, sometimes for that behavior I can't manage or a situation I don't want to be in. So I think I see patience as a a level of grace. Um, I've learned that, right? I've learned patience. Being a dance teacher for so many years, I think I had a wonderful hand-on-hand chance to learn patience, right? Because you get... Ten little girls in a class at age of four, and that's a lot of energies. 
so I learned a long time ago. I taught dancing for 35 years, so I've got to practice a lot of patience. I've got to practice a lot of take a deep breath, step back for a minute. And then there's some things that I just can't be patient about. I just I need a nap right now. <laughs> so that struggle that you see, Cassie, when you have to work at it, it how that happens to all of us. You know, there are some things that I don't want to be patient. I want to go ahead and want that right now. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword for me sometimes, I think. Suzanne, where does that take you in this conversation? I love the, the, the patience with grace and then, like, asking for something, like asking, praying for patience and then becoming pregnant because the first thought that came to mind for me was, like, well, then you have to be patient because it's going to be nine months. Like, and also you have to be patient because then you're going to have another person to, to like, you know, to grow, um, to model, to bring into this world. But sometimes when we want something, we want it, we want it instantly. Um, and then you're talking about dancing. So my, my daughter um, recently started gymnastics. She used to do dancing. So she's got quite a bit of core strength. And on the last day of the term for the year, they said, here's free play. You can do whatever you want in the studio. She ran straight to the ropes. Anyway, they let her up them. I wasn't there. My husband was there watching her, thinking she wouldn't be able to do it because she's never been taught how to climb the rope. And to their amazement, she set the studio record for going straight to the top. But the thing is, once she was up, she didn't know how to get down because nobody had taught her the skill. So she ended up with this horrific, like it wasn't as bad as I'm saying, but it it did take her out for for over a week, rope burn on her leg because she didn't know how to get down. So sometimes in her impatience to be like, I want to get to the top and how many of us have impatience? Like, I want this thing. Then the consequences of the thing, like the, the reason of patience, of learning the skill, of learning to dance, learning to climb in step by step by step, even a pregnancy. Like I know my whole pregnancy, I was like, I just want the baby already. But imagine if I'd suddenly been handed a baby like a week after finding out I'm pregnant or, you know, the same day, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. <laughs> So the time where we're impatient is the preparation time. So when the thing comes to be, we are better prepared than if it was instant. Mm. Good point. Very good point. I like that. You know, one of the things we say is, I, I, I'm a coach like you as well, and I, I almost hate to use that word, has been beat up the last year or two. Um, so I just go alongside people, right? And one of the things that we work on is is when your prayers get answered, when you get to that place, when it happens, are you going to be ready? What are you doing mm. to get ready? And so you can't just, just because it knocks on the door, if you're not prepared for what happens when you open the door, you're no better off than you are right now. So this time that and you're And it could waiting, actually be worse off because like that injury she had to nurse for over a week with quite burn and that our holiday plan was supposed to go to lots of swimming pools. Um, her and I sat on the side because she couldn't get it, it wet. So in her in her impatience, it actually set her back. <laughs> mhm. It, and it can do in so many areas of our life, right? If you're not prepared for what you're praying for, or for what you're after and what you're gaining, what's going to happen when you get it? Then what are you going to do? Mm. Uh, and I think there are so many businesses and and it, adventures and entrepreneurships that end up failing in the end because they didn't take that time where they were learning the skill of patience to prepare for the answered prayer. Yeah. And I think that's so critical in it. How about you, Kathy? Where does that take you? You know, it's like people saying, why pray for rain if you're not going to carry an umbrella? Mm. Oh. Right. If you don't have the faith that it's going to happen, there's no passion behind that prayer. 
Amen. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's ever okay to draw a line and go, okay, I'm no longer patient. I've been patient up to this moment, and I'm done with that. Do you, do you feel like there's ever a time where that's okay? Kathy? Yes. That's where boundaries come in. I mean, you can only – and it really, I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. Like, if you are in a relationship, right, and you have the same argument over and over and over again, Eventually, your patience wears thin, right? And you can be like, you know what? I'm not having this conversation anymore. I'm done with it. So I think that's where boundaries come in. And, you know, you can only take so much. Amen. Okay. I like that. Suzanne, how about you? Yeah, I second the, the boundaries because sometimes there's a difference between being patient and having a boundary. So, for example... Um, I'm just trying to think, my, my son is also on the spectrum. There's some things that are taking longer than um, we had with a daughter or be expecting things like learning for her, him to do his own buttons or learning to tie a shoe. There's things that are taking a lot of patience. But then there's times there's some things that he, he can do now, but, you know, he may be, as we all are, humans are wired to be a little bit lazy. I say that in a loving way. So, like, why do it yourself when mum can do it? And it's like, no, I'm no longer available for this. I know that you can do this. Um, I'm totally here for us to practice the shoe tying and to practice the buttons. And, like, this is, this is okay, but this, you've demonstrated that you can do I don't want to, but there's lots of things in life that we don't want to do. <laughs> so um, being no longer available is something that I say, like, that, you know, the, the line is drawn here. Um, not in a way that I don't want to encourage him to learn new things because you don't want to be too hard on people. But sometimes, you know, I do it too. Uh, it can be like, I don't want to do this, so, you know, like I'll ask my husband. But it's funny how I can be so much more self-sufficient when he works away. But there's a difference between me not wanting to do it and somebody else being better skilled at it. So that's a whole lots of conversations that we have. But, you know, it's... And, and once again, this is about communication and talking about the language. So... It's really, really powerful versus like I can't versus I won't versus I don't want to. So there can be a boundary about, you know, which chore or which job or which thing is done by which person so that one person in the household doesn't end up being, um, you know, overdoing it. Very good. Good point. I like that. I really like that. You, I like the statement, I'm no longer available for this. Right? I think there's a lot of power in that statement, right? Kathy, I think, like you said, a boundary, what a, what a strengthening boundary that puts, right? It's like, hey, I, I love you and I understand, but I'm not available for that anymore. You can manage that. There's a lot of power in that statement. I think there's probably a lot of, whole lot of people that need to learn to say that. Hmm. I love that. Okay, so one. I wish I would have had that, like, in previous years. That would have saved me a lot of grief. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So how do you teach patience? When you look at children, your children and the people that you coach and the people that you interact with, and Kathy coach people through recovery, and so then you have your, your realm of coaching where you work with people as well. So when you look at what you do and the skill, of, because I believe patience is a skill. It is, some people might be born with it, but it is a learned skill for a lot of people. Because we grew up in a lot of 
And I'm going to say anybody 40 and under grew up in a very instant world compared to the one I grew up in and my parents grew up in. And so patience is not something that's even a necessity in so many areas of our life anymore because it's instant. Touch a button, flick a switch, hit a knob, it's on. Hit an app, right? Instantaneous. You have knowledge and information, whatever you need at your fingertips. Nobody knows how to use the card catalog and look it up in the encyclopedia anymore. Okay? So patience is a, it's not a, everyday present need. So how do you teach patience? Kathy. I think that the best way, because my kids are young, so I think that the best way that I can model patience for my children or best way to teach them how to be patient is to try my best to model patience. Right. There's no way that they're going to be patient if I lose my crackers all the time. And, you know, why would they? That's that's hypocritical as far as that goes, you know, that I can't teach them something that I can't do. True. As far as people in recovery, I... I use myself as an example quite a bit because I remember being new to recovery and thinking, you know, how are these people 10, 12, 15 years clean and now I'm going on 17 years and it's not, people are like, you know, it, recovery is bumpy. No, it's not. Recovery is life that you chose to ignore by doing whatever your extracurricular activity of choice was, right? It's not that it's rough. It's just that it's life. So once you realize that and realize that it's not out to get you, right, patience becomes a more obtainable goal. Beautiful point. Beautiful point. A lot of people probably don't think about that part, right? Yeah, those aspects of recovery where patients would play into that. I mean, most of the time the addiction didn't happen instantaneously. So now there's the recovery. But like you said, it's really just about stepping back into life. Beautiful concept. Beautiful concept. I love that. Suzanne, how about you? How do you teach patients? I I think it's interesting bringing it back to how you, you, you modeled, suggested, it's a very instantaneous world now. You can get almost everything at the click of a button. And when there's big goals that we're working towards or changes that we want to make, it's not instant. And if it is, it's usually not sustainable. So very recently, as I said, we went on a trip for the holidays. We decided to drive and it ended up being a 10-hour drive. And with young kids, uh, you can imagine that wasn't <laughs> as fun as it could be, but they had like a, an iPod to watch that we'd load movies on and stuff. But what we didn't consider was some long extent of the road. There was no reception. So no, we weren't able to stream the movies. And it was really interesting because we had backup charges. We had everything. I thought I was so prepared. <laughs> But it was really interesting having the whole conversation about how, you know, sometimes 
things don't happen instantly. Sometimes you've just got to pause and look out the window. Like we, we knew at the end of this trip we would be at our destination bar something unforeseen happening like you know flat tire car breakdown that sort of thing but you know part of modeling patience is there's a difference between um like waiting and wanting so i help people you know change their lives do the thing that they've wanted to do that they keep they keep putting off until after like my program's called why wait so many people like after i've had kids or after my kids are at school or after christmas or after new year and so on and so forth that is wanting, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this one day. Um, but then when you're actively working towards it, um, there is the, a waiting as in like I haven't, this hasn't manifested, this hasn't come into the physical as yet, but these steps are going to do it. And that's why pregnancy is such a great example. You know at the end of the nine months, as I said, once again, bar a complication, that you will have a baby, but you don't sit around going, am I growing an ear today? Or how is that foot coming along or whatever? Like you just trust, <laughs> you have patience that your body knows what to do and it's doing the thing and you're sitting there like waiting but taking the action. So like car trips and things with, with my kids are such great examples of, yes, we're going to get there. And when we get there, also too, once we get there, like um, I know uh, everyone does things differently. I still go to the supermarket. I don't do click and collect or home delivery. I, I prefer, I don't know, <laughs> to go to the supermarket. But when we get home, um, it's modeling to the kids. You can't just run inside and watch the TV or play outside or whatever. Like once we get home from the grocery store, this is the time that we unpack the groceries and then we don't just shove them in anywhere because then later we're trying to find the sauce or the cheese. It's like everything has a place. And it's modeling that, you know, day-to-day life, in, in a lot of in the convenient times, there are things that we can hire people for and some people do and that's, you know, wonderful. But other times I think, you know, teaching the skills, because these are life skills too. Like it's funny, a lot of the things that I get my children to do when I speak to my parents, they're like, they're what, they're how old? And I'm like, well, they're not going to wake up one day, mum, and magically know how to do this. Like, you know, the reason they learn, because I remember when I first moved out of home, there were so many things. I didn't realize how much my parents had done for me until they weren't there anymore. I'm sure many of us are like that. And it's like actually doing mm-hmm. people a disservice by not skilling them. So, you know, the frustration of, yes, we're going to put, we're going to take the things out of containers and we're going to put them away. And you can see them itching to want to go and play. And part of me is like, oh, they're kids, yeah, let them go. But it's like, no, no, these are things that they, you know, learn. Um, and even like if we do have, like, because I'm I a coach too, like you guys, so there's times that I'm working, like with clients or on my stuff, that I can't be answering questions or playing. But then when I do play, the phone goes off and then I'm fully there. So then being patient while I'm doing my thing um, means that then we can have that more rewarding time together. Mm. Beautiful example. I love the examples that both of you use, you know, to put out in how you teach patients. Yeah, you know, I think for me, one of the ways that I, I try to is to point out that they already have that, right? Once, like like let's play playing golf. Right? Let's just say you go out and play miniature golf and you realize you're a pretty good putter, okay? Well, if you work at that skill and you recognize you have it, then it makes it easier for you to learn how to play golf because you have some confidence that you know how to put, right? Mm. Super basic example. But if you recognize and work with people and go, oh, I don't have the patience for that. I, I don't have any patience for that. I go, really? Okay. Do you, and so we begin to look at their life and find out places where they actually have patients they don't recognize. I'm like, well, do you garden? Like, oh, yeah, I love to plant vegetables and grow them. I said, how long does that take? 
And I go, you know what usually takes about three or four months to get really good green beans? And I go, and you have to be patient that whole time, right? So really, you have patience. You just haven't known that you guys will recognize it as that, right? So sometimes I think pointing out, helping people see where they own that skill already, where they can grow it, it's a confidence builder. Because they're like, wow, I do have some patience over there. And then it, it, then it becomes a challenge, not a, a lacking. Does that make any sense? Oh, that is such uh, a rich example. It, uh, so I think, yeah, I think, it, I think it's pointing out, I think the same thing is true for your children. Sure, you've got patience. You can sit through a whole movie. That takes an hour. So it's going to take me 20 minutes. Right? So I think when people recognize what they own so they can just enhance it, is, um, then they never feel like they're lacking, right? Like you're pointing out their, their shortcomings in some way. Yes, point out the skill they already have. Um, I love it. I, I love watching my children be parents, right? And those phone calls and you come back and go, so you remember that day? <laughs> Thank you for not killing me that day. You're, or whatever, they begin to recognize. <laughs> That's one of my very favorite parts about being a grandparent, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've been waiting 35 years to hear that. Go, girl. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, it just, I don't know, getting children, your children grown is, is patience. Becoming a grandparent proves that you have patience because they're all still living, right? I think grandparents and grandbabies are a gift you get from, from God for having that patience and bringing them in. So it's so many different things to me. And, ladies, I'm telling you, I have absolute love with this conversation. I've had a great time. I could keep doing it. But with respect to you, Suzanne, at the end of your day and, and respect or the beginning of your day, I guess, right, and the day to come for you, um, we're going to have to find a place to wind down. And so I'm going to start by saying thank you so much for your patience and getting this podcast scheduled and this conversation together. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for joining us. Um, my grandmother used to tell us, patience is virtue and virtue is grace. Both put together make a pretty mm. face. Um, and so I, I, that point is stuck in my mind since I was a little bitty girl. So work on patience and recognize that patience is just your issuance of grace. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today with patience? with a challenge right we talked about the fact that I myself am instant gratification rooted and so my challenge for everyone is if that is you and if that sounds familiar take a moment and figure out if there is a situation in your life where your instant gratification rootedness is taking over. Maybe readjust mm. how you look at it. Beautiful. I love that challenge. I, I love the challenges that you lay out. Um, I hope people are intrigued by them as I am and they take them to heart and own it. Thank you for your time today, Kathy. Suzanne, we'd be honored if you take the stage. How would you like to leave our audience today with patience? I... The example that came came to mind left a field that when we go to a movie, like we see a Marvel movie or an action movie or something like that, we suspend disbelief for about two hours. Like we don't sit there the whole time going, that would never happen, that would never happen. Like we're like, we're in the storyline. My invitation for people would be like, whatever that you're trying to create, whatever your goal is, when you're starting to feel impatient, like I just want to have it now, to do what you do at the movies, like suspend that disbelief, like that it's never going to happen or it would have happened by now and all those things. Because you've got a human brain. We all do. We all have those thoughts. And just 
you know, suspend that disbelief whenever you catch yourself in that thought cycle and spin like you would in a movie and know and trust that it is happening and just because you can't see it yet doesn't mean, like, like if you think of the planting metaphor or gardening, it's all happening under the surface. Once it comes through, it's so much easier to, to believe it, but you've got to believe it before you see it in whatever patient skill that you're trying to build.